my name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the My Technicians Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach, and I'm your host. Last week, we celebrated World Password Day, a global holiday dedicated to good password security, which has really never been more important as compromised credentials continue to be a leading factor in the majority of cyber attacks. To talk about this is Mike Lyons, Chief Information Security Officer at data intelligence company Calibra. We talk about how organizations can improve their password security, the importance of multi-factor authentication, and the tech industry's move away from traditional passwords. Before we get to the interview, here's a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And now, here's Mike Lyons. Yeah, so Mike, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, World Password Day was obviously last week, so it's a little bit you know, old news, but, um, you know, I... I've been seeing, especially in the last few years, um, more of a movement, you know, away from actual passwords and more towards, uh, you know, 2FA, different um, uh, authentication methods. Now, can you tell us about uh, Calibra and, and what you guys are doing uh, in, in that space? Absolutely. Um, I'm, the, I'm the Chief Information Security Officer here at Calibra. Um, and so I'm based in Connecticut, but uh, spend, we used to spend, when we went to offices, we used to spend a ton of time down in New York. Um, anticipate at some point we'll be going back. At the time, no idea, but uh, looking forward to going back. So we, when I joined, um, or more of that traditional, uh, you know, password model that we had that most companies start with, right? Uh, as a startup, security is it was not initially the most important thing. It was about getting the product out, the initial product out, and um, so bringing in a CISO was was intended and intentional. For us to, you know, change the way that we approached security across the board. Uh, we were using, um, Okta's, you know, many organizations use successfully. And I think Okta has a lot of good technology they bring to bear. But, uh, you know, how do you make your customers, uh, meaning my employees successful in getting into those systems and improving the security there? Um, so we launched last year through the, uh, obviously the all work from home exercise. We switched over to a, a more sophisticated uh, multi-factor authentication scheme for all of our users, made things like passwords um, bigger, quite considerably larger. But through the research that we had done, um, we did about three months, four months of like fairly dedicated research into determining how could we reduce risk by, um, by not increasing friction with our users as, as best as possible. And so we made our passwords longer, but actually changed their life to make them live longer. And uh, this was based on a lot of the research that, that NIST had done um, on the standard. And at the same time, we introduced a multi-factor auth that went through either an app on your mobile phone, or if you weren't comfortable and you didn't want, you know, a, a Calibra managed application on your phone, we provided a key, a hardware key that you'd plug into your device um, there. I would say that I've done multi-factor rollouts before um, a couple of times. I've never had it go so seamless. It was it was exceptional, and I think you know really speaking to our 
customer base, our employee base about what the change is going to look like and express to them that this will, in fact, actually be easier throughout your day. In the morning, you have to go through a slightly, you know, a slightly tighter hoop. I assure you it's not on fire, but you're going to have to jump through that slightly tighter hoop. But but as you go through your go through your day, it's going to be faster. You can just hit the yes, I am. It's still me logging in from, you know, this area of Connecticut uh, on your on your watch or on your on your phone. And so we found generally of the population we had like 17, 18 outliers. Everyone else went the standard uh, the standard route. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask because I'm from Massachusetts. Are you a, you're a Yankees fan? Sorry, I, I, my watch was yelling at me. Oh, I have to ask because I'm from Massachusetts. Are you a Yankees fan? Of course I, I am. Of course sorry? I am. Of course uh, I am. All right. All right. Off to a bad start, I, I can tell. <laughs> I'm I'm a transplant. My wife's from here. I'm I'm from uh, New York, New Jersey. Interesting. All right. All right, Mike. Welcome back. Welcome back to that. Um, I don't honestly, I truly don't watch baseball that much anymore, but I used to be obsessed when I was a teenager. Um, I, so I have, I have a good friend who does IT for a, a pretty decent sized town in Massachusetts. And I asked him about, uh, MFA or 2FA. And he said, uh, he hasn't really rolled that, rolled that out yet. Um, you know, to, uh, town wide. And I thought, um, it was pretty much a standard nowadays. Um, is it, or or should it be? Um, you know, there are applications where it just won't apply, um, or it would be quite difficult to put something like that into place. And in some instances, you know, I, I don't, impossible is a strong word, but getting really close to it would be uh, how I think about it. I do think, though, for, for your general day-to-day user, the person who logs in does email and maybe some presentations or things like that, there's no reason why someone shouldn't have multi-factor on. It is it is low uh, it is a low friction and high impact. A lot of the information that we did studies on was if you were enabling uh, a reasonable multi-factor auth. That doesn't mean you're using Okta. You could be using any of the big providers out there and the technologies they use. Google has it built in. Obviously, Google uh, recently is is pushing uh, to make it a default um, and, and almost requiring it. Um, it is. It makes it so hard for an attacker to infiltrate that account that they're going to have to go a different route. And I was reading about the way that certain squads were going, were now just going after machines because it became much easier to 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 attack an API because the user auth, unless you're going for you know um, like an intelligence agency or something like that, the user auth is secure with these multi-factor approaches. It, it gives you great warning um, banners. I you know I think it's. It is a pretty low low barrier to entry, and it would highly suggest anyone um, going that route. And you'd have to think long and hard as to why you wouldn't be able to go that route. Right. Um, now, are passwords even um, secure anymore, given the, the, the rate of, of uh, phishing attacks and um, all these different ways that, that um, you know, a bad actor can compromise uh, your, your credentials? Um, now, why even use passwords anymore? Oh, the tech is still catching up, I think, on that side. Um, I, I, I love like I love the magic link stuff that a lot of um, tech orgs are using, so you don't use your passwords as often. And you know, to that end, every time you go and use your password, you know, there is a risk of it being exposed in some way. So the less you use your password, obviously, the safer it is. 
there are some interesting technologies coming out and are out and available where you don't type your password. You essentially um, you represent your password by keying off of various things. So it's like a simulated um, keyboard on your screen. I have a, a an app on my phone that um, that I that I've used a little bit here. It's still testing. It's still really a beta stuff. But I think I think there's a way forward. I just it's going to take um, it's going to take the industry of pulling us in that direction. I don't think another incident is going to cause it there. I think we just have to consciously work together and say, this is, this is the way we go. And, and, you know, the likes of Microsoft adopting Trusona, I think was the name of the company that they acquired a few years back. Um, I think Google's got some interesting things with their Titan keys or Phaeton keys. Um, and, you know, Amazon's not pushing as much in that direction. I'm not really sure why they, they don't, they haven't been as, as far ahead there. I think it's going to take those three orgs to really pull us up. Um, I'm surprised organizations like Salesforce aren't fully requiring it. I know ServiceNow did a push and forced all of their customers to use multi-factor auth if you're going to interact with their systems. I myself, it's something that we consider here is, is to how do we adjust our customers' behavior. So I think it's everyone's going to have to influence it in some way, and then eventually we'll retire that model because we'll be accustomed to changing the way that we authenticate. Right. It's funny about Salesforce. Every time I log in, they yell at me to enable uh, multi-factor, and I always skip. So how do end users like not using passwords? Is it easier? Or is it is it you know how how do they make that transition? I think you know I, I like the magic link co- concept. I like the let me ask you if you really wanted to go in there, right? So there's more of a centralized authentication scheme, like an SSO model and really leveraging that. I think the problem is, you know, I, when I leave work, um, when I used to leave work and, and, uh, and not just stay at my desk all day, we, we log into Twitter or we log into, to, uh, to Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you know, social, social type site, business insider, uh, something like that. And when we do that, those technologies still have that that model where you just you even if you have a multi-factor auth on some of these things, you just there's no alternative way to get in and say you know I'm gonna I'm gonna manage my own credential and live under my own credential, and from there I'm gonna act I'm gonna allow those apps to uh, validate me in some way. And I don't know if there's um, if it's because they're afraid that with that friction you'll have your user population fall off. But it's it's astonishing to me that every new social network that comes out, and you know, the, what's the audio one that's really popular now? Those types of social accounts and systems when they come out, the security is just like the last. Getting getting users into the thing as fast as possible is the only thing they're measuring themselves on. Mm-hmm. And then once they're in, they're like, oh well, you know, at your peril. Um, you know, essentially, you're not you're not they're not guiding you through the tools. Um, you know, not to put. Apple on a pedestal in any way, but I find interesting the video, the little uh, clips and slides that Apple does for me on my phone. Like, so every week I think Apple pops up and says, Hey, do you want to know about this new privacy feature or this new other feature or this new other feature? I, I think that's much more, um, it, it's, it's simple. It's three things I can read in about the span of a minute and I know how to better use and protect, you know, myself there. I, I predict that. Apple's already done it with their single sign-on through Apple methodology to register for accounts. I'm anticipating that that's to grow. I'm not saying it's going to grow through Apple. Um, I'd be shocked if Google didn't follow immediately after that. 
But I'm also looking at an independent party that could potentially do something like that. It would separate, though, that those user analytics. And I think that that's where that uh, that's where some of that restriction is. So it's, they might lose access to things that they previously had access to. Right? That, that's an interesting point, though, about um, these more you know, consumer friendly uh, tech works like, you know, so most social media. They don't really care about security. They're just trying to get you to sign up and, and get on and, and start posting and, you know, giving them your information as uh, as, as soon as possible. Um, and uh, I've found, especially in, in the last year, that we like uh, working the way the you know the way we live our daily lives uh, with some you know relative um, um, you know, seamlessness there. Um, so you know what role do you know you know big tech and um, you know social media companies have in you know moving towards that that you know, multi-factor 2FA? Uh, you know, I I think they're, they're all going to go this route. You know, Google can, tends to be sort of the leader, and there's there's Google and Microsoft and Apple that sort of lead the security of the of the whole industry. And then others, because they have such a presence, they have the ability to test market things much better than everyone else. I anticipate Facebook, Twitter, those likes, they're not, I wouldn't say they're far behind, they're, they're, they're close, closely trailing them. Um, but there is, there is definitely a, a they, that's where the industry begins to go. That's where the industry begins to care, um, following the, the success of these things. So in my, in my estimation, you're going to end up with like a single, like a long-term vision. You're going to end up with a single ID. That single ID is something that you're going to permit different organizations to use, be it, you know, be it your, your, your town, uh, you know, the VAM system, right? The vaccine systems, things along those lines are all going to, follow some other system. They're going to ask for five pieces of information or seven pieces or 10 pieces, and you're going to have the opportunity to, to permit those things. And that's going to include your password or include your mechanism for, for authenticating. I, I think we, 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 for a long time, it's just so easy to fall back on a simple, simple password, right? Even in, even in the tech space where you're building software and writing software, Folks are interacting with various pieces as, that, as part of their pipeline for developing software. Even then, so much of those systems, the open source ones, require a better authentication system on top of it so that you can get in and out of them. And, you know, we experienced this as, as part of reading about all the supply chain hacks that have happened over the past few months, like the real big profile ones, right? Um, uh, obviously, the most recent one is the CodeCov one, which is which is re- you know really challenging to to think about that this is how these attacks are are most successful. So you know there's an opportunity across tech to really just say maybe this maybe it's time, um, and it's not just time because your password is um, you know your your password is a bad method. It's time because you haven't considered the burden that you have with a password. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the password managers. I have had one for a very long time. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that I give them away as Mother's Day gifts to, to all the mothers that I know in my life. Um, but my mother has received one password license as a <laughs> something I have given her in the, in the past. And, you know, my, my wife experiences that same thing where we sit down and I'm like, all right, let's let's just reset five passwords uh, Saturday morning. We'll spend 10 minutes through, you know, through five sips of coffee. And you'll realize that, um, you know, through that, it's, uh, you know, those, those monitoring services that help you and, and watch these things, you're just not going to have as much junk and, and as much tax. So I think, you know, password managers, that's a way forward for now. Uh, that's a, sorry, that's a way for now. And, and a way forward is eventually to rip them out. 
Mm-hmm. And it, uh, there's no, there is no silver bullet, or I think that that's, that's the next unicorn, uh, it's an overnight unicorn if they can figure that one out. Yeah. I've, I've seen different numbers, um, just through Googling and talking to people, but, you know, in your, uh, estimation, you can give me a ballpark, you know, what percentage of these, these really large scale, um, cyber attacks, or just, you know, having your own identity compromised is the result of a, of a compromised, uh, credential? So phishing still the top one, right? Um, it's still the top attack method. And phishing is, is really, in many cases, just a result of a password or a credential compromise, right? So you click in, you click on a link, you go and log in, they harvest your password in the way they are as you operating as you. So it's still the most effective. Users fall for these things. The, the systems there are, uh, the systems that they use to, to attack, uh, you know, the, the former, the Emotet was the big one that was, that was popped. They actually just got those guys last year. Um, those, it's just the lowest and cheapest way, um, to attack. Like you can really, you can really get in any org if you just keep peppering them and you pepper them by doing a touch of social engineering. And so we, you know, we, one of the things that from, from a phishing perspective, it's always interesting to me to read, to read these phishing messages, right? And, and we have obviously we, we employ a ton of very intelligent people at Calibra, but they're like, I would never fall for this. It's got all these typos and things in it. Yeah. And I, and I've tried to express to them like, those are intentional. <laughs> Those typos are there because if people don't read the typos, they know they have someone who's who's not exactly adding a level of scrutiny. So you pass, you know, you, you pass the test. You, you didn't you didn't fall for the typo because they don't think you're dumb enough to click on the thing. So no, not everyone's dumb, but but the, you get the general idea. You know the, the the second thing is these these you know there's there's tons of like other technology you have to plug in. So phishing first, I click on a link. Second, I go to log into something that's not necessarily what I think I was logging into. You know, there's tons of sophistication there on what the site is, how old the domain is, all these little pieces that you have to look out for as a, as a, you know, as a, as a person who's helping protect an organization. So those credentials, once they're there, they're, you know, potentially gone for a long time. Password reuse is another one that is, you know, fairly constant. And in many cases, you just harvest their password through a phishing attack. And then I try their password on everything. So I have their email address. I just take their password and, yeah. and you know, pray and spray, as they say. Yeah. Uh, I feel attacked <laughs> on that one. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it, it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And it's hygiene, and you have to change them. And yeah. if we don't have to change them anymore, isn't that easier? <laughs> so me personally, um, I'm just a, a scatterbrain. I can't remember... Um, if I have more than one password, I, if it's if I have a, if I'm trying to log into something with an older password, I'm just screwed. I'm, so I'm gonna have to reset it and you know spend an hour trying to reset everything and get in there. Um, and I guess that's probably where a password manager comes in. Yeah. In many cases, yeah. I mean, there's also methods. You know, I find I find um, personally that song lyrics are the best passwords. They're long, they're, you know, earwormy, and you just don't forget them. And if you like the song, which typically it's a suggestion that you pick a, pa- a song you like for your password, you know, you can sort of sit there and in your head, you're like, it's kind of lightening your mood every time you, you, you punch your password in. So yeah. it's taking, you know, maybe you're in a, maybe you're in a, in a, in a funk from something else that's going on in your life. And if you pick something like a song title, it's unique to you. 
it changes, right? Your music taste changes probably every five years. Your, your music, yeah. your music change will taste to some extent. Or at least there'll be a song you haven't heard in a while that you hear again, or a new song. God forbid, a new song that's come out that you might like. I find that as getting older, I like less and less new songs. But I think that's yeah. just you know me becoming my parents. But I, I find those to be easier ways to do things. They're complicated. Um, you can make them wicked complicated. Mm. Um, you know, for end users that don't work, you know, at a, at a tech company like Calibra, um, who are probably a little bit less savvy, um, you know, how do we uh, convince them to kind of move away from those kind of antiquated, uh, you know, password methodologies? Uh, I honestly think that teaching folks that there are there are that phrases are better. Um, you know, not just thinking about a password in a series of letters that if you add some numbers on the end makes the thing secure, those numbers are going to be obscure or they're going to be well-known and easily guessable, right? Birthday, child's birthday, dog name, like all those things are like what people like. They're like, oh, I'll never forget my dog's name. Yeah. Like, of course, but everyone else knows your dog's name or you've posted on social media. This is you, this is the dog you've had. I think teaching them about easier things, like if it's a phrase that you know, it's a poem, it's a saying, if you know, if you, you know, you absolutely love the, you know, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and, and you know, you, you remember some of the taglines from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, or the Declaration of Independence or, you know, insert whatever you'd like. These are things where if there's things that you're passionate about, just remember them. Um, if you have an artist that you really like and, you know, just using using their names are are you know, are, are seemingly challenging. And then you could add a bit of complexity into them um, or something you like about them. Uh, and it becomes easy. So I think it's, you know, obviously you can read the XKCD comic where you talk about the horse bat- battery staple or whatever the, I the fourth word in that one. But like that method is, is a, you know, four random words that you like or four things you have in front of you in your desk. And perhaps you could rotate what those are. Those are just, they're easy ways, but how do we sell, how do we celebrate that? I mean, it'd be interesting if it was a mainstream media topic. I wonder if like Good Morning America, you know, could have somebody on and say, Hey, here's what you do. Just do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. just do it. All right. Hey, uh, Mike, thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. Thanks everybody for organizing too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to MyTechDecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWComo. Until next time.